Welcome to Author Express. Thanks for checking us out. This is the podcast where you give us 15 minutes of your time and we give you a chance to hear the voice behind the pages and get to know some of your favorite writers in a new light. I'm one of your hosts, Kathleen Basie. I'm an award-winning musical composer, a feature writer, essayist, and of course, storyteller. Let me tell you a little bit about today's guest. Geeta Schrader is a lifelong Connecticut resident who writes women's fiction and finds inspiration from the magic in the everyday. Most of her book ideas take place in New England, except for her current project, which, plot twist, takes readers to India, and she loves sharing snippets of her Yankee life on Instagram. A reformed reporter and an extroverted introvert, when she's not writing or mentally working through plot holes, Geeta likes to spend time with her family, read, run, travel, bake, and connect with other bibliophiles. Welcome to Author Express, Gita. Hi, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Well, we're excited to have you. So let's start out by getting to know a little bit about where you're from. Tell us the most interesting thing about that place. Sure. I feel like it's hard to choose because I make it known that I love living in New England and Connecticut, our little baby state. But I did try to think of a couple of facts that are sort of related to writing and reading. So here we go. It was home to both Mark Twain and Harriet Beecher Stowe, who were neighbors. And it's always fun to visit both of their houses in Hartford. It was also home to Noah Webster of Webster's Dictionary. And we're home to the oldest continually running newspaper, the Hartford Current. Oh, that's interesting. And you and I have something in common there because Mark Twain was a boy near where I grew up because I'm not too far from Hannibal, Missouri. I love that. A little connection. My husband and I always joke that we can tell who like the true Mark Twain fans are because we'll drop in conversation like, oh, I love those books by Samuel Clemens and see if people <laughs> were talking. That's right. Yeah. We took our kids up to uh, Hannibal a few years ago and the entire town, it's like it exists for Mark Twain slash Samuel Clemens. But if you ever get a chance to go there, you should. But this is no. not about Hannibal. This is about <laughs> you. So let's move on to that. Tell us what's your earliest memory. My earliest memory, that's a good one. I have actually a lot and more come to me the more I think of it. But two that really stick out are we lived sort of in a pretty country town. And I have a memory of myself outside in the summer barefoot picking raspberries oh. from bushes that lined our yard. And then similarly, I can recall sitting on this big stone that we had sticking out of the yard with my sister and her little porcelain tea set that she had. And we used to pick wild mint leaves, steep them in her little porcelain teacup with warm tea wow. and, and sit in the backyard and like, just, I don't know who we pretended we were, but little wild children drinking. <laughs> with raspberries, I would hope. With raspberries, yeah, on the side. So fresh raspberries are one of life's great beauties. They really are so good. Let's move into talking a little bit about your book, which is called Reaching Riverdale. Tell us where this book is set and what the importance of that setting is. Yeah, absolutely. So Reaching Riverdale is set in New England. And as I already said, I love it here. It was actually inspired one summer when I was taking a family trip to Vermont and sort of just struggling with how much I loved it there where it's so rural and then how much I also love city life in a way. So the main character's dilemma of like, where do I belong was actually born there. Mm. So it's like a love story to New England. But also just I feel like a lot of people who grow up in smaller towns do tend to struggle with that at some point in their lives. And sometimes you leave. And sometimes you don't realize this. But I feel like more often than not, you realize that the town you grew up in, where there's like, 
all those simple things that are treasured and those connections you have with people, mm-hmm. like you learn to miss it and appreciate it more. Mm, yeah, that resonates. I'm from a small town. I don't get back there very much anymore. It does seem like the movement is away from the the small town and the rural. And yet in the books, so many books are set in small towns. Yeah, like is there, they feel like there has to be some lessons to learn there. <laughs> well, I remember going home with my parents. I grew up in the country. So, but in, we were in town um, for something and it was evening and I looked up and I could see stars and mm. that was, and a lot of stars, not just like a couple stars, like, you know, when Jupiter is really bright, but like a lot of stars and we were standing right in the center of town and it was, um, that was kind of a, oh, this is lovely. It was so quiet. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I love a good star sky. Yeah. There's a scene in my book where they're sitting under, they're lying under a star sky. A romantic scene? A romantic scene. Yeah. Riverside, starry skies. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds wonderful. So when did you first come up with the idea for this book? I was still in high school, like toward the end of high school. And then I wrote it throughout college. And it's funny because afterwards I had a professor reach out to me and she basically said, I read your book and I loved it. And now I understand why so many of your papers were late. Like your time was better. Was you Oh, so true. I was so bad with like procrastinating, but half of that was just like, yeah, I wanted to be working on like fiction, but also maybe this is probably a really bad mentality. But I knew that if I wrote my papers like a day or two late, I would still get a decent grade because writing has always <laughs> been my thing. So I tended to procrastinate on that. Oh, that is funny. You and I have a lot in common, but that is not one of the things. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I need to learn from you then. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the writing process and journey for you. What's one thing that you wish you'd known sooner about getting a novel published, other than your time was better spent writing fiction? Okay, maybe not to let your excitement like jump in, you know, to not leap before you look, right? That's the saying. Yeah, Uh that's a good one. You know, like pause when you get excited about something, that it just be like, yes, to the first yes, kind of a thing. And There's wisdom to be had in that whole like take a day or so before you make a big decision kind of a thing. Huh. Okay. So now I'll have to dig into that a little bit more because are you talking about decisions that you would make about taking a contract versus not taking a contract, going self-published versus trying for traditional? Or are you thinking more in terms of the story level and what your characters are doing? Yes. (laughs) Right. I mean, you could say that applies to all of the above. In this particular instance, it has to do with signing a contract and like going forward because we all want that yes so much Mm. that you get it and you could just be like, this is it, I'm going with it. Mm -hmm. But maybe you shouldn't, I don't know. Maybe you should think about it. Yeah, well, that's an important thing because once you sign a contract, you are going forward on that path and that it's going to direct a lot of what you're doing. Yeah, so reaching Riverdale's story, not the story in reaching Riverdale, but the story of reaching Riverdale, Mm It sort of followed an interesting trajectory because it was published soon after I graduated college, but I self-published a second edition in 2021. So there's a story behind there in and of itself, but I needed to republish it to feel a sense of closure in terms of my chapter with this book because I made sure to publish it with all the things that I wanted all along in terms of design and formatting and that sort of a thing. So now that that has been accomplished, I've been able to actually focus on other stories and working on other ideas. Oh, yeah. How interesting. Yeah, closure is such a big thing. 
Absolutely. For all of us. Yeah. So you said that you have always known that you were a writer. So who encouraged you the most when you were younger? Well, I'd have to say my mom because it was due in part to my upbringing. I was homeschooled until fourth grade. And what came with that was just this freedom to spend my days reading and just pondering and picking those raspberries and making that tea. And just, I mean, so that really allowed my imagination to grow, I think. And those trips to the libraries, I don't remember a time when I wasn't walking home with like armloads of library books. I don't know why I didn't bring a backpack, but I just <laughs> carrying armloads and dropping them. Yes, like, that's totally my you know? kids. <laughs> yeah, and just like sitting in my room and just reading for days, I feel like and mm-hmm. emerging to eat and then going back to it. And so her creating that environment where that was allowed to happen, I feel like really definitely inspired me to where I then started wanting to make those stories as well. Oh, that's really beautiful. Well, so let's start kind of wrapping things up here. Tell us where's the best place for people to find you online. That would definitely be on Instagram. I do not have the attention or time to try to master all of social, <laughs> all of the different social media avenues, even though sometimes I feel like I should. So I have TikTok, I have Twitter, but I'm definitely most active on Instagram. And my handle there is at Gita Writes. At Gita Writes. Fantastic. Okay, so in closing, we want to end today by asking you what book or story inspires you the most? You have obviously many, many to choose from over your years of reading. So tell us, which one stands out to you? I don't know why I feel like this is cliche now, because so many people that I know personally say this is their favorite, but Pride and Prejudice is my favorite. What is not to love about Pride and Prejudice? (laughs) I just can't help myself. Like I remember... I actually watched the BBC version before I read the book. Like I walked in and saw my mom watching it. And I remember being transfixed. Like, what is this story? I'm oh, all about this. And then I got the book. And now I have friends who have given... I have like four different copies of it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I just love it. That's my favorite fiction book. Glennon Doyle's Untamed and Liz Gilbert's Big Magic inspire me creatively. You know, I have to give a nod to Nora Roberts because I feel like people don't talk about her as much. But so many of my summers were devouring Nora Roberts books, like as a teenager, like passing them between my mom and my sister and myself, that (laughs) has to inspire me also. That's awesome. And I love that you could not pick one and that you just had to tell us that they just kept pouring out of you. That's fantastic. I could just keep doing that, right? For like 20 minutes. I feel like that's the hardest question and like the most unfair question to ask an avid reader and a writer. Like, If someone (laughs) can tell you without a doubt, this is the book and that's it forever. I'm like, I don't know how I do it. Because I mean, do you mean my favorite when I was like 10 to 15? My favorite right. now? <laughs> I mean, it's an impossible question. Right. Well, and and I hear that a lot from people, from writers. We end with this question with everyone and everybody's like, what? You want me to pick one? So, so I'm sorry if that's cheating, but <laughs> my answers, plural. Yes. Well, you know what? We are writers. We are meant to lift each other up and to be excited about books. So I will take it. Yeah. So will I. Thank you so much for being with us today, Gita. It was lovely having you. Thank you. And I look forward to hearing more about where you're from and our similarities next time. Yes. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you'll take a second to give us some stars or a review on your favorite podcasting platform. We'll be back next Wednesday. And in the meantime, follow us on Instagram at Author Express Podcast to see who's coming up next. Don't forget, keep it express, but keep it interesting. Interesting.